Good morning, everybody. How are you? Wait, it's not morning any longer, is it? It is. 20 more minutes, it won't be. Welcome to my church. My name's Jeff. If this is your first time here, let me just say we're really glad to have you. Um, We are very used to guests around here. We have lots of guests. We have a lot of people who love uh, their church uh, and what God's doing. In fact, we have had over 357, I'm told, in the last three months, first-time guests visit this church. So that says there's a lot of people that really love what, what's going on around here. So that means like, great job, church. You're awesome. We love you. And, and if you're a guest, just know we're glad to have you today. You're jumping in on part seven of a teaching series. It's like uh, watching uh, Twilight uh, and coming in like in the third or fourth. How many movies in Twilight right now? I have no idea. But anyways, you get the drift, but I'll try to uh, backtrack enough to where you can easily jump right in where we're at. Before I jump into the conversation this morning, let me just brag really quickly about uh, what happened in this room two nights ago, which I'm really, really shocked. Wait, you don't even know what we're, bra- you don't even know what we're cheering for. Okay, some of you guys weren't here. I'll get to that. Uh, but the other night... Two nights ago, this room was full with like a whole bunch of kids and a whole bunch of parents and a bunch of loud, crazy music with something that was called Monster Mash, and it was a costume worship party. Like, I don't know if in the history of mankind that those three words have ever come together, (laughs) but it did, and uh, we got some pictures to show you what it looked like. This was uh, a bunch of parents, a bunch of kids. This room was stuffed. With, with like crazy kids, fun, yesteryear music, balloons, and little mini message, and videos, and what was crazy was like uh, a banana was leading worship, Robin, we, Robin, Batman Robin, had no clue that Robin was so good at leading uh, kids' music. We got, a, we got like a, a guy over there in red, um, like a, a, a pirate, uh, and that's crazy, and then what was crazy is... You guys know who Gumby is? Gumby can play guitar. I mean, he rocks. Gumby really jams out. So anyways, a lot of fun. Uh, we got another photo of just kids that showed up, and Captain America was there. Guest appearance by Captain America. It was really cool to have him in the house. So wonderful job to all of our My Kids volunteers and our, our worship uh, rock band, whatever we call those guys. Um, great job and all that. So anyways, you can drop that photo. And uh, let me just say... My hat's off to you, our church, for, for pulling, pulling this thing off. It was a phenomenal night. So proud of what God's doing in our My Kids and My Tots areas. And uh, anyways, if you're, if you're looking for a place to connect and serve, there is a train that is a moving uh, with our My Kids volunteers and what's going on. And it's an exciting place to be. So you might want to consider that. So, all right, let me rock and roll. This morning... We're going to talk about how to find freedom, because that's the series we've been in, Finding Freedom. But today's, I mean, laser-like focus is finding freedom in what I think might be the greatest commodity that we have going for us and the potential to have, finding freedom in the idea of finding it through knowing your purpose, right? Knowing your purpose. Now, let me just kind of frame this up. Uh, I, I remember hearing about reading about a story of a dog track, like one of those Greyhound race tracks. Have you guys ever 
seen one of those before. When I grew up as a, as a kid, uh, there was one that we would drive by every time we would go to my dad's business in Miami. It was the Miami, whatever it was called, you know, Grand, 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 Grand Prix, Greyhound Track, whatever it was. I don't even know the name. But it was, you could hear it, you could see the people. I think one time we peeked over the fence, that was it. But if you've ever been to one, you know that there is a mechanical rabbit that circles around, it's like out on an arm, where the dogs chase this rabbit. And the faster this thing would go, the faster the dogs would, would race, and the fastest dogs would be ahead, and somebody would win. Well, this is a true story. This mechanical rabbit was going around, the dogs were chasing, and all of a sudden, it had some kind of mechanical malfunction, and it exploded. And so, like, hair and pins and machi- you know, stuff just flew everywhere, right? And all of a sudden, I mean, things were just a mess. I mean, these dogs are moving. This thing explodes, all right? So what happens was, all of a sudden, I mean, the dogs go kind of crazy. One dog runs through the infield and runs through a fence and breaks all its ribs. Uh, another dog turns and just stops in its tracks and just barks and howls at the audience. It's like, oh, boy, just, just going crazy at the audi- audience. All the rest of the dogs, they just stop and just sit right in their tracks. And so everybody's going like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And uh, Crazy experience, right? I mean, never seen that before in my life. But I thought about that this last week, and I thought, that's exactly what happens to you and I in life when we aren't grasping or leaning in or have clarity about who we are and what the point of our existence is. What happens to us is the very same thing. When you don't know, when I don't know what the purpose of the day is, what the purpose of my life is, I mean, we hurt ourselves, right? We do dumb stuff. We, we, we holler at people and get angry or we just stop and sit in our tracks and we just decide, well, whatever, right? Nothing's happening. I might as well just quit. Scripture speaks, speaks of this. In fact, I, I want to say that probably the most important thing perhaps out of this entire series and the thing that could help us the most with really finding freedom from our past and freedom of really moving and advancing forward in our relationship with Christ and having fulfillment in our life is this idea of, of, of purpose, of finding vision and clarity about who we are. Let me just show it to you in Scripture. Proverbs 29, 18, one of my favorite verses. I like to quote it to myself all the time because it's help, it helps me remember that where there is no vision, Scripture says where there's no vision, where there's no purpose, where there's no clarity about why am I on this earth, what am I supposed to be doing, is there something more than me, whatever I do on this little thing that I do? But where there's no vision, people perish. You could say where there's no p- vision, people die, right? How many of you guys have ever been serving in the military before? Is that true? Where there's no vision, people die. Where there's no clarity about the mission, we hurt ourselves. We make mistakes. We get in trouble. We lose heart. We die on the inside. We have meltdowns. How many of you guys would say that you oftentimes run across, you know, people or yourself that when you are hanging out, you're talking, they say, I'm just so tired, I want to quit. Has that ever happened to you? 
Ever heard anybody say that? It's a vision problem. It's a purpose problem. It's a complete issue of lack of focus about what, what am I supposed to be doing? When I lose my way, when I want to slow down, when I don't want to get out of bed, when I don't want to go forward, when I don't want to do much of anything, is when I am ready to quit because of the lack of vision, of knowing what my purpose is. What has God called me to? What has God wired me to be? Another version of this says this. Another version in the NIV, it says, where there's no revelation, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint, meaning they just get to a place where like, I don't care anymore. I don't care. I've lost my way. I've gone right and to the left so many times that I'm just ready to quit. I've just kind of given up. So this is huge. And today our goal is this. I want you in the course of this morning to get to a place where you just make a conscious decision and say, God, I'm going today to give my complete self to you and I'm going to lean in to the purpose that you have for my life. Because if we don't do that, you and I will get to the place where we, we live out that verse. That verse. We will get to the place where we just want to quit and give up. And we find a lot of people in life that do that. We don't want to be those. You're here this morning because you want to hear something for God, and I'm telling you, this is it. Where there's no vision, where there's no purpose, when you lack understanding about where you're supposed to head, if we don't have something that we're chasing after, we're going to hurt ourselves. We're going to yell at everybody around us and get mad and lose it. Or we're just going to sit down and quit and give up. So let me show you this this morning. Three things that I feel like vision does for us to stage this thing still. Vision, a vision for life brings focus. A vision for life. When you have vision, when you know where you're headed, it brings focus. Without it, you say yes to everything. Am I right? If you don't know in business what you're trying to accomplish, you'll say yes to so many other things that one day you'll wake up and you're not doing the thing you're supposed to do. I think in terms of parenting. <laughs> this, one, this one is like where I live right now. We have three kids. Everybody's in a sport. <laughs> one, one of our kids is like very much in a sport. And we, we're glad she is. But we have to try so hard to keep things focused. So, because if we, don't, if we don't know where we want our kids to be, where our kids want it, where we want them to end up, who, if we're not fanning the flame of who we believe God's trying to help them become, we'll say yes to so many different things that we'll lose the best things. I remember seeing so many families when I was a youth pastor that just did so many travel ball sports that they just about died. Their marriage, their relationship with the kids, and everything else. And I'm for that stuff. Please hear me clearly. What I'm saying is, if you don't know what the end goal is, if you don't have clarity about the purpose piece, at some point, you're going to say yes to a whole lot of stuff that's going to take you off of the best purpose possible. So a vision will bring focus. 
A vision will also uh, bring endurance. Some of you right now are so worn out. You're just tired. You get up every day and you're like, I just want to die. <laughs> you get up and you're like, I'm just going through the motions. You get up every day and you're just like, I got nothing. Can I just help you see today that this is a vision issue? It's a purpose issue. When you and I do not know our purpose, we get tired. We can't, we can't make it through the day because we don't know where the day should or we want it to end up. But when we have a vision, it helps us endure. A vision also brings fulfillment. And um, I just got to say that, you know, knowing where you're headed helps us to be fulfilled. Uh, just in terms of my job, uh, I'm, I'm very clear that God has led me, called me, even wired me to do what I'm doing. And there are days I get sidetracked with a lot of other stuff, and I'm, I'm trying to learn to stay focused, but this is a huge deal for me. But the days that I'm clear about my purpose and understanding and reminding myself, hey, the reason we do what we do as a church is to help people find their way back to God, and I'm thinking about every man, every woman, every child in this city, that helps me, helps me endure, helps me stay focused, and it helps me to be fulfilled. I am so much happier when I am living in the purpose of what God's called and wired me to do. It just, it's, it's, it's just something that is so powerful in all of our lives. Now, there is, there is an aspect of this that is A1, a like, got to get this. The, the question would be, how do you figure out your purpose? How do you, I mean, some of us are, are, are so tired at this place, we're ready to quit and give up right now because we haven't grasped our purpose. Or maybe we felt like, you know, I'm lost in my job, I, I drive a truck for UPS, and this is not janking on you if you drive a truck for UPS, but you just look at, like, all I do is boxes, right? Hey, you can find purpose in boxes, may not be about the, the, the box itself, but it could be, hey, you know what? In the moment, in this brown truck, I'm going to praise God for the fact that it's not raining. In this moment, uh, as I get out, I'm praising God there's not a dog biking, biting my ankles off, right? You may get out and realize, you know what? That was my moment right there with that customer. I had a moment to serve. I have a, had a moment to love. Maybe it's coming home and realizing, you know what, God? I have this opportunity now to serve my wife and my kids as I walk in this door. I'm going to park and give myself five seconds or five minutes to, to regroup, and I'm going to go in and say, I love you. Whatever that is, whatever you do, whatever it is, you can find purpose in it, but, but make no mistake. Ephesians says in chapter 1, verse 11, the way we begin to grasp our purpose is this. It is in Christ. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Let me say that again. Come on. Listen to this. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. So that would mean if we aren't in Christ, if we aren't leaning into this relationship with Christ, guess what happens? Unfulfilled. Visionless. Purposeless. 
I want to quit. I want to die. Whatever. I mean, that's what, that's what we get when we're not leaning into, into Christ. Conversely, when we are leaning into Christ, all of a sudden something starts happening. We start figuring out who we are. How does that happen? Well, He made us. So when we're leaning into the one who made us, we find out and are finding out what brings us and God fulfillment. Can I tell you, when I am not being the best version of me, I'm probably not bringing God any glory. But when I'm being the best version of me, when I'm really being how God wired me to be, I mean like using my skills, using my strengths, when I'm doing that, I'm bringing God glory. God's going, good job. You're being you. I made you that way. Good job. Don't be somebody else. Be you. And live in the purpose that I've made you this way. So it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. And it's in Christ that we find out our part in the overall purpose. He's working out in everything and everyone. Um, in, in 2004, we were in the Olympics. You remember in Athens. The U.S. was doing like extremely well in some things, some things not so well. But one of the things we were doing really, really well and had a chance for gold was the rifle competition. There was a guy by the name of Matthew Emmons that was like our guy. He was a stud. We had won uh, every stage, and all we had to do to win goal was just to hit the target. I mean, these guys are so good. Um, I mean, they could hit bullseye after bullseye after bullseye in like, you know, like amazing fashion. In fact, it's been said that our U.S. team in 04 in Athens had the ability to lower, they knew how to lower their heart rates to where when they aimed, there was no wiggle, no jiggle. I mean, these guys were good. Well, all we had to do, we were already in first place. All we had to do was wait, make one more shot, just hit the target, not a bullseye. Anywhere on the target, we win. So our guy, Matthew, gets up. He aims, does the whole, you know, breathe, whatever, lowers his heart rate, shoots, bullseye but he hits the wrong target (laughs) we go from first place to eighth place and we lose you see the difference when you and i are living in this relationship with christ and going god you made me you have a plan and purpose for my life and when i am leaning into that when i am giving into that when i'm saying god Whatever it is, I'll do it. Whatever it is, God, you made me for this. Guess what happens? I mean, we love it. It's great. It's perfect. It's called being in God's will. And can I tell you, when we are shooting at the wrong target, I mean, it's it's the very reason why some of us right now are just ready to throw in the towel in our marriage. It's, it's the reason why many of us right now are just ready to quit and whatever, whatever it is it might be because we've been living maybe, else, maybe somebody else's dream and missing what God's leading us to do. But we have hope in this, all right? This is not a dead-end road for us. The good news is we, I believe wholeheartedly that God, God wants to save people God wants to, to redeem our stories. He, and he also wants to help us be fulfilled 
in this Christian experience. God, God's like got this whole package deal ready for us. All it really simply means for most of us is to say, All right, okay, God, I give. Uncle, I'm going to lean in. I'm going to make the choice to go towards what you want for my life. And maybe it is putting some things out to pasture. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But I believe God wants to save us, restore us, redeem us, and fulfill us. Ephesians is the quintessential, I believe, passage for helping us in these terms. Ephesians chapter 5 says this, For once you were, once you were in darkness, but now you are light in the world. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness. Think of that. Think of the pers- first part of this verse, this passage, in terms of finding freedom in your purpose. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. You know what this is saying? God wants to light up your life. He wants you to live as though his light were shining through you. He wants to light you up. I mean, like, seriously, like, come on, get you fired up, light you up. There's nothing worse than a person who says, I love Jesus, and they're pathetically miserable. Do you think God wants that to happen? No, God's going, come on. It's all about me. It's all in me. It's all through me. Just come on towards me. That's what this whole thing is all about. God says, if, if you were who once were in darkness, where life was miserable, if you'll lean into me and my light will shine on and in you, you will be a part of this lighting process. I will light you up when that happens. It goes on to say, conversely, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So what happens to a lot of us, maybe we're trying to be fulfilled in things that aren't fulfilling, and Scripture says you, need to, you just need to not go that direction. And maybe it's at a place where you need to kind of go ahead and expose that for what it is, that that's a dead-end road, and go, eh, I need not to go there any longer. So expose it, for it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But, and this is good, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. So you want to know which direction you gotta, you, God wants you to go? There it is again. Lean into the light. Let God light you up. The more that this is happening, the more that you're going, God, today as I put my pants on, or whatever you wear, today as I get dressed, God, I'm going to give you this day. God, today as I get started, God, will you help me to know what it is that you want me to do today? God, I know the big plan, and maybe God's going to help many of you start to grasp how you're wired, what he wants you to do. But I mean, as you start doing this in increments, God will start lighting you up with more light and exposing more of the truth so you can really live in knowing your purpose in this lifetime. For it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, 
Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead. I love this verse. It gives me so much hope. We have a God who didn't just die. That would be pretty hopeless, right? God wants to wake us up through living in this purpose. When we're living with vision, when we're chasing after something, God says, that's how I'm going to wake you up. He's, he wants to wake us up, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live. Why? Because the enemy wants to steal and rob you from living a purpose-filled life. He wants to take away the thing that God wants you to chase after, the dream about where God wants you to, to go and be and do. So be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wives, making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the day is are evil. All right, so here's three questions. I'm going to give you three questions. These aren't like, if you do these three things, all of a sudden, boop, I know my purpose. No, this is three things that you've got to start asking yourself for you to be able to start figuring out, what does God want to do with me? Where is it that God wants me to go? Who am I? What did God put me on this earth for? Here's three great questions to begin asking yourself. Number one, what am I doing that I should not be doing? (laughs) It's a great question. What am I doing that I need to not be doing? And can I just say, many of us, right now in this moment, you probably don't need somebody to tell you what that is. Most of us, most of us right now, you know what you don't need to be doing. You don't need me to tell you you already have. God's already telling you that, I'm pretty sure. Most of us right now, there might be a Holy Spirit that's saying, bro, you need to quit that junk. You need to say no. You need to walk another direction because that is a dead-end road. But the question is, what are you doing that you should not be doing? Because if you're doing something you know you should not be doing, whatever it is, I'm not even saying like it's a simple thing, but you know you should not be doing it, then that's going to be the thing that distracts you, keeps you from doing what God wants you to do, keeps you from knowing your purpose. If we start saying yes to everything, golly, that just robs us of the very best things. Have you ever heard of the old, I remember years ago, it used to be called the tyranny of the urgent, right? You do this like, you're always running to, to, to chase out and put out this fire or this urgent thing. You'll miss the best thing. So we've got to get to the place where we're saying no to the things that we should not be, do, be doing. Romans says it like this, Romans 12 two, Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. You know what that means? Get out of the world's junk. Just make a choice. I'm not going to, that's just, that's junk. It's wood, hay, and stubble. It's, it's worthless. It's bringing zero value to my life, and it does not need to be there. If we will do that, if we will make a choice to not conform to the patterns of this world, Scripture says, then and only then can we be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Scripture says, guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. When we lose our heart to things that, that are not needed in our life because of lack of focus or just straight up, I'm just blowing it. I'm wrong. I should not be doing that thing. When that happens, 
we get distracted, we get detoured, and we end up like the, 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 the greyhound race, hurting ourselves, being mad at everybody around us, or just giving up the race itself, just quitting. But Scripture is telling us we can have our lives transformed. God wants to transform us from the inside out. He says, as we say no to the junk and God's transforming us, he says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. As we're saying no to that, yes to this, then all of a sudden, man, it's like light bulbs are going off. Like, wow, God, I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to figure out, you made me for this. God, you, you, you really, you, you quit, equipped me to this, for this. You, God, you opened the door, this opportunity for me to do this, and I'm, I'm, I'm stepping into it. Thank you, God. This is awesome. And all of a sudden, man, I'm finding purpose. I'm, I'm finding clarity and focus, and like, I'm, I'm finding myself wanting to chase after this thing that God's been blessing and giving to me. So what are you doing that should, you should not be doing? Second thing is this. What am I not doing that I should be doing? Flip this coin around a little bit. What am I not doing that I should be doing? There are some things that you need to be doing. There are some things right now that God's been giving as opportunities, options. Uh, here's something that I, I want you to do. Here's your church. Here's places to serve. I mean, here's opportunities for you to, to have kingdom impact, to do something greater than just serving yourself. There are things that God opens the door for you to step into, opportunities. James says this uh, fairly bluntly. He's a pretty brutal guy at times. James is, is one of the writers in the Bible, New Testament. In four, chapter 4, verse 17, he says, anyone, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and does it not, he sins. I mean, just straight up, right? I mean, James just calls it exactly the way it is. He says, anyone who's, who knows the good, he knows the thing he ought to do and doesn't do it, it's straight up, you're just, you're sinning. So when God is leading you to do something and you aren't doing it, it's like, God, I don't care about what your plan is. I'm going to do my own plan. Scripture says it's sin. And what does sin do? It, it causes us to be disconnected to God. And the enemy's going, exactly, good job, awesome. Don't go towards God. i got another plan for you. Can I tell you this? Hell has a purpose for your life. Just like McDonald's has a purpose for your body. <laughs> are you tracking? Are you, are you getting this? Hey, every marketing organization, every company out there has a plan for your money, right? If we say yes to everything, what happens to us? We lose our purpose. Can I tell you, this is huge. This is why many of you right now, you just want to quit. You just want to give up. It's because we are missing living in the light of God's purpose for us. God made you. He made me. He knows what makes me tick. He just does. And when I think I know it better than him and I'm, I'm knowing what I should do and I'm not doing it, I'm just, I'm just hurting myself. I, I, I miss that most of the time. 
until it's like, uh, I'm, I'm in it now. And then I'm like, whatever. And then I want to quit, right? It's this vicious cycle. But I'm telling you, we can walk out of that. I'm telling you. God's just waiting for us to make the decision, as we said beforehand. God's got a purpose. I just need to get to the place where I'm saying, God, I'm going to surrender to it. I'm going to give in to it. God, you know what's best for me. And God, I'm going to lean into you. God's, I'm telling you, God's calling all of us to a deeper relationship with him. And it's not complicated. You know what makes it complicated? Our enemy. Our enemy. All these other attachments, all this other sticky stuff, all this stuff are like, eh, it's not working, it's unfulfilling. Don't need to do that, don't need to go there, don't need that person. That's a dead-end road. I mean, these other things are just sometimes distractions for us. But I'm telling you this much. When we are saying yes to those God-sized opportunities and leaning in to God for this, this relational peace, we all of a sudden, we get fired up. We become satisfied. We start living on purpose. People are like, hey, I want to hang out with that guy. He's happy all of a sudden. I want to, I want to hang out with that guy. He kind of knows where he's going. Who knows what you could do for God if you, like, follow him and said yes and quit eating, like, you know, all the bad McDonald's food all the time. That was a side note. All right, so third, third question to ask is this. Why? No, let me back up. Let me give you one scripture verse. This is a good one. Matthew 6, verse 34. Message version. Love this version on this verse. Give your entire attention to God or to what God is doing right now. This is for all the, I mean, Matthew wrote this and he must have been a procrastinator himself. Because he's saying, give your entire attention, all your procrastinators, to God right now. Because if you continue to procrastinate, guess what will continue to be going on in your life? This, I want to quit. Whatever idea and, and, and scenario. But give your, entire, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. So sometimes wherever God is working, wherever God is like, you, you sense when God's really doing something over here, go, go be there. Go be there. Go do that good thing that God's leading you to do. Go, go whatever that is. I can't say what it is for you, but mo, more than likely, throughout your day, throughout your lifetime, God will present incredible opportunities for you to love somebody, serve somebody, to, to give your life away to him, to trust him by faith. And I'm telling you, when we lean into those, God shows up. Do it now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. You know when that's happening is when we're giving our entire attention to God. So the third question to ask in figuring out why I'm on this earth, what's my purpose, God? What, where, what do you have for me to, to do today? What, God, help me figure out why I want to get out of bed this morning. Why not do it today? That's the third thing we need to ask. Ask yourself, why not today? 
Why not today? 2 Corinthians 6.2 says this, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. How many of you would say you're procrastinators? Just be honest. The rest of you are lying. (laughs) Every person in this room procrastinates from time to time on certain things. Why would you and I ever wait on pursuing God? Is there anything else that's been fulfilling to you apart from God? Seriously. I mean, come on. I can tell you the countless chapters in my life that I would love to have rewritten. That I recognize over and over and over that never brought any value or it never brought any fulfillment or it just steered me completely away from God. I can tell you I wasn't happier. I was lost. I was lost. And I can tell you this much. The days that I feel like not getting out of bed, the days that I feel lost are the days that I'm not really like in it to win it for God. Those are the days that I'm not like, God, I'm waking up today and I want to live for you. Those are the days I'm living for me. Those are the days that I'm, I've, I've said no to three opportunities to love somebody, serve somebody because I got my schedule. <laughs> and I feel guilty and I feel mad and I want to sit down and I yell at my kids. Hair and parts, like rabbit chasing stuff, all, you know what I'm saying? On those days are the days that we need to take a back step and say, God, you know what? I need to just jump right in right now. Right now. And I want to end this service like this today. We, we closed uh, last hour's service with an opportunity for people to just end their seats, to just simply just say, God, I want to surrender. Seriously want to surrender my entire self to you, holding nothing back. God, that means I'm going to trust you by faith with my stuff. I'm going to give my heart, my time, my treasure, my talent. God, I'm going to surrender to you. And I'm going to say, God, whatever your will, God, I'm in. God, whatever you lead me to do, not that we're never going to make a mistake or mess up, but we're going to wake up and make a decision. Say, God, I'm not going to live that way any longer. I'm going to say no to that. I'm going to say yes to this. And I'm going to ask you in just a moment to to make that commitment. God, I'm going to surrender this all to you. And then I'm going to ask a group of you this morning. We had several people last hour, praise God, that said, Jesus, I'm tired of living this way. I need you to save me. I I need you to rescue me from myself. and, And ask God to allow what he did on the cross and, 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 you know, making payment for our sin and our junk and what separated us from God, asking God for that to count for you today. God, save me. I want to make you the leader and forgiver of my life, as we say around here. And I'm just going to close in just a moment with a prayer. And we're going to ask you to make these two decisions. So let's pray. <clears throat> with your head bowed and eyes closed, 
God, we just, in this moment today, we say, God, we need you. We need you. God, we, I feel like, God, your, your spirit is working here this morning. And I feel like many of us are hearing this message, like deeply penetrating our hearts. So, Lord, I, I pray that on our part, God, we would right now make a choice to pursue you or to just continue to procrastinate, maybe say, uh, I'm going live, to live, uh, live where I'm stuck. But, God, I pray that you would bind the enemy. You'd bring us to our senses, God. You'd move our hearts to where all of us, God, maybe even corporately as like a family unit or an amazing on-fire team, would simply just step out of our comfort zone, step out of our funk, even just say no to our, our mess in a road we're traveling down, and simply today, God, just say, God, I'm gonna surrender to you. Lead me to my purpose. God, begin to show me what on earth am I here for. I'm asking that of you, and I'm in this moment making a verbal commitment from me to you, God, right now. I'm going to give it it all to you right now. I'm saying yes. Yes. Yes to whatever it is, God, you want me to do. Yes. With every head bowed and eyes still closed, let me just ask maybe many of you this today. With every head bowed and eyes closed, let me, how many of you would say, as in a moment I get ready to pray, a prayer, just kind of modeling what it would like be like to ask Jesus to be your Savior today. How many of you would say, I can't live this way any any longer. Everything else is not working. I need Jesus. I need him to save me. I need salvation. I need forgiveness. I need whatever Jesus is giving, I want it. How many would just raise your hand and say, pray for me in just a moment? That's me. Raise your hand all over the place. Yeah. Let's, Let's just do this. Let's just pray. This is just sort of a model way to just ask Jesus to be your Savior. Pray with me. God, I don't know everything there is to know about you, but I know I need you. And I ask today for you to come into my life. I'm opening the door. Would you come into my life and save me? I'm asking you to forgive me of my junk. I'm asking you to forgive me of sin. God, I know I've wronged you, but I believe you can save me. Thank you for what you did by dying on the cross and making payment by shedding your blood for me. Save me, Jesus. Now, God, I am surrendering my heart to you. I'm making you leader of my life. God, here am I. I am yours. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen.